Today we'll be talking about an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And you probably have all sorts of misconceptions about what this actually means, as did the people back in Jesus' day and when he, when he gave his famous Sermon on the Mount. Well, back in 2016, I remember watching the Republican primary debates, and, and uh, as they sparred back and forth on the issues, the moderator decided to ask a question, and uh, one of the candidates present was Donald Trump. And I, I don't remember any of the other candidates' answers to this question, but Donald Trump's. And the question was, what is your favorite verse from the Bible? I remember Trump's response, again, the only one that I remembered as far as what their favorite verse was, and his was, an eye for an eye. It might not sound very nice, but that's what it says. <laughs> Mahatma Gandhi is famous for having said, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. Now, oddly enough, in both instances, Donald Trump's and Mahatma Gandhi's interpretation of the saying, an eye for an eye, both of them misunderstood its true meaning. We'll get into that in a moment, but let us read the words of Jesus to know what he taught on that subject. Matthew 5, 38-42 You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the, e the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. When we discuss the most important commandments in the Bible, we say that they are to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's true. It's correct because both Jesus said that and the Apostle Paul wrote of it. These two commands capture the very heart of the Old Testament law. I would even make the case that the Ten Commandments are divided upon these two principles. The first five deal with your relationship with God. Second five deal with your relationship with your neighbor. Ultimately, together, they all have to do with your relationship with God, which is why that one is the first commandment, to love God above all things. Um, these two commands, like I said, captured the very heart of the law of God. However, if you were to boil down the law of God or the law of Moses to one principle, to summarize the whole thing, how to enact justice within a culture, I don't think that it is either one of these commands. And that might sound odd to you. That might make you think that I am contradicting scripture, but bear with me for just one moment. The words an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth are found in the Old Testament law. They are actually found more than once even. So let us go to one of these instances to see what it is all about. Turn with me to Leviticus chapter 24, verses 17 through 22. It reads, Anyone who takes the life of a human being is to be put to death. Anyone who takes the life of someone's animal must make restitution, life for life. Anyone who injures their neighbor is to be injured in the same manner. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. The one who has inflicted the injury must suffer the same injury. Whoever kills an animal must make restitution, but whoever kills a human being is to be put to death. You are to have the same law for the foreigner and the native born. I am the Lord your God. 
I remember listening to a Q&A by a famous evangelist, and there was a really interesting question asked by a Muslim student who was in his audience. He asked the question, do you really believe that the principles in the Sermon on the Mount could govern a country? A principle, for instance, like turn the other cheek, would not stop criminals from running amok. I can't remember the evangelist's answer, but I know it really got me thinking a lot. And my first thought was that the Sermon on the Mount was about a higher law, a heavenly law. And the problem with that was, though, was that in heaven, you're not going to have to turn the other cheek. Then I thought to myself, well, the Sermon on the Mount is about our relationships to one another. Jesus was preaching about the intention of the law, the heart of the law. And ultimately, the law was supposed to turn people's hearts toward God and to inspire them to love their neighbors. It communicated the value of all people, and no one was above the law. An eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth, that actually summarizes the law enforcement's responsibility towards the people. That in cases where the law had been violated and someone was demanding justice, justice we met it out according to the crime that had been violated. So, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth was not a mean standard. It was a good standard. And I don't know about you, but when I hear about the horrendous things people do, for instance, I learned recently that in Columbus, Ohio, there has been an increase in the number of abductions taking place. And this is because human trafficking is becoming more common in America. One of the things the kidnappers are doing is going into public restrooms and putting fentanyl on the toilet seats. Can you believe that? Isn't that disgusting? And what happens is their victims become drugged by the toilet seat. And the kidnapper is normally waiting somewhere, like pretending they're washing their hands or something like that. And, and when the victim becomes vulnerable, when the drug takes effect, they take her away. I don't know about you. I can think of some pretty creative things to do to these scoundrels. An eye for an eye, my foot. Let's string them up and dismember these people. But no. God is just. He does not approve of cruel and unusual punishments. Thus, his law is an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Well, what about Jesus' words? He said to turn the other cheek, give away your tunic and your cloak, and go the extra mile. If the Old Testament is God's word and Jesus' word is God's word, isn't there a contradiction? Well, not in the least. This principle of an eye for an eye had gotten out of hand back then. It was intended for legal disputes. And they were using it for their own personal relationships. So if somebody did something just slightly wrong or bumped into them or accidentally harmed them in some way without intention, they felt it was their responsibility, eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. So tit for tat. Many cultures across the world have experienced situations where feuds arise because one side or the other simply refuses to extend forgiveness. The result, never-ending grudges, never-ending wars. Jesus' teaching went even further than forgiveness, though. In fact, 
What he was suggesting was unmerited favor towards your enemies. This should sound familiar to us, this idea of unmerited favor. What is unmerited favor? Well, we call it grace. Grace, which God has extended to us. So if someone slaps you, what's your natural reaction? Not what Jesus says. What, what, what is your natural reaction? Well, you want to get even. Even worse, if you're like me, you want to beat the person up. What does Jesus say to do? Give your assailant satisfaction. Offer the other cheek so that he or she may strike that one as well. Have at it. Slap me again if it makes you feel good. When someone sues you and says, I'm going to take your house from you, our response, according to Jesus, is to be to give them the keys to your sport car in the garage as well. You can take this world from me, but you'll never take away Jesus. And if someone demands our help, needs a ride to the edge of the city, we are to offer to take them the rest of the way home. Now, there's a debate concerning whether or not the principles Jesus taught here were meant to be taken literally. I don't see why not. But I am sympathetic to thoughtful alternatives to that reality so long as they're consistent with Scripture. Nonetheless, what was Jesus' point? Do not value your own rights. Do not value your own stuff. Do not value your own body so much that you allow these things to interfere with your relationship with God and with other people. There's a shock value to the statement, turn the other cheek. The assailant might hesitate to strike you again, though, if you actually practice that. The one taking you to court, if you pay them back more than what they ask for, uh, they might not want to take you to court anymore. Jesus indeed commanded a higher way of living. I don't think I have to elaborate when I say that we live in a sue-crazy society. You can get sued or sue someone for just about anything these days. Jesus was saying, don't be like that. Jesus wants us to forgive as our Father in heaven forgives. He wants us to give, a, to give the way our Father in heaven gives. He wants us to sacrifice the same way our Father in heaven sacrifices. I'll wrap it up with this story. I heard it a long time ago. I don't even know where I heard it, but it was presented to me as being a true story, so I'll take it at that. Um, and the way the story goes is there's this Muslim soldier who had converted to Christianity. So he lived in, a, in, a, in an Islamic nation, in an Islamic country somewhere in the Middle East, and he converted to Christianity. And when he was deployed, he was roomed with another uh, Muslim, um, with another person of his country. And when they were deployed, he began to share Jesus with his roommate. But his roommate, who was a Muslim, didn't like hearing what he perceived as blasphemy coming out of his Christian friend's mouth. And because of that, he became abusive towards him. And one day, he saw his Christian friend knelt by his bed in prayer with his eyes closed and before he could even take his boots off from entering the tent, he walked over to his friend who was in prayer and kicked him in the head as hard as he could, knocked him out cold. Satisfied with what he had done, he walked over to his own bed, took off his boots, laid down, and went to sleep. 
few hours later, he woke back up. He went to put on his boots, but he was terrified at what he had saw when he went to put his boots back on. You know, walking through the desert, they get grime, they get dirt, they get mud, all sorts of nasty stuff on them. And when he looked down to put his boots on, what he saw was not what he expected when he woke up. His roommate, his Christian friend, had woke up before he did. He took his boots. He cleaned the boots. He polished the boots. He shined the boots and put them back at the bedside of his Muslim friend. I don't think it's asking too much to say that we should cap our tempers and learn to turn the other cheek. The Lord died for us when we, none of us deserved it. He paid for our sins when we were the ones who were wrong. So we need to remember, it's the Lord who avenges, the Lord who rights wrongs, and the Lord who brings justice. I'd like to thank you for joining me for today's sermon. My name is Bill Sang from Faith Presbyterian Church. You can join us on Sunday mornings at 1030. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.